It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe podcast. Today, we have a special episode. We're going, we're going back to our movie reviews, and we're talking about The Last Jedi. And we are crossing the streams. We have Ashley <laughs> Coffin, who's joined me for a lot of episodes about the Star Wars movies, as well as a number of ethics episodes, as well as Riki and Sarah Hayashi, who have been joining me for all of our discussions about the Clone Wars. So I'm really excited to hear what all of us have to say. All that will be after a commercial break. We have no control over if you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, welcome back. My name is Matthew, your host. I'm joined by Ashley, Sarah, and Riki. Um, if you wanted to say hello and introduce yourself and just give your first impression of like, what's your what's your first thought about this movie? Um, hi, I'm Ashley. I like Star Wars. I'm a dirty cash, and uh, it was just fine. <laughs> Sound good, Sarah? Uh, hi, I'm Sarah. Um, <laughs> I also like Star Wars. I, I'm a big fan of the movies and it sort of dabbled in some of the peripheral stuff, but not that much. I, I liked The Last Jedi. Um, I think I liked it maybe, I definitely liked it better than Rise of Skywalker by a long shot. And like, yeah, it's probably my, my number two favorite movie of the recent releases. Nice. Nice. Well, hi, I am Riki. I love Star Wars. Probably my favorite franchise of all entertainment. Can we show off your tattoo? Yeah, sure. Show me. <laughs> the split screen thing is going to like... That's awesome. Oh. I, 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 I also have a uh, Star Wars Rebel tattoo. Oh, nice. Uh, and specifically this movie, 
I I loved it when it came out, and every time I watch it again, I gain an even deeper appreciation for it. And at this point, I'm pretty comfortable saying that it is my favorite Star Wars movie. Nice. Wow. Nice. Of That's all awesome. of them? Yeah. No way. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, it's it's better than Attack of the Clones. Okay, I didn't realize that <laughs> All right. And also, just a quick it. note for those who are listening at home: uh, we're we're doing this episode we're we're doing this episode live on Twitch. So from time to time, we'll be reading comments from people in the chat. So just for those who are listening later, that's what's going on. And for the people who are listening in the chat, as we go on, if you have comments, questions, please throw them out. Uh, we'll try to get to them when we can. But we'll certainly also um, get get into a lot of them at the end. And I think for me, I'm Matthew, as I said. And let's kind of dive in more to our thoughts on this movie because I think I think I am somewhere partially in between you all. I, Ricky, I'm very close to where you are. I, in many ways, Star Wars is also my favorite franchise, and I feel like this movie captures the essence of some of the general themes that I love so much about these movies. Uh, what it says about the Jedi and the idea of a religion that failed. What it says about you know failure, what it says about mythology and legend, what it does, I know, controversial opinion, what it does with the character of Luke. There's so much that is just like, when I think of what Star Wars teaches me and what Star Wars means, I think of this movie. But I was watching it again last night and just re- like, just like, I feel like the execution of some parts are just not what I would have wanted. You know, they feel like, it feels like they are telling such great themes but that sometimes they stumble a little bit in the way scenes are done or things feel a little bit too heavy-handed. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I get what yeah. you're saying. I definitely, like, I I love Old Man Luke. I think I love what they did with this character. <laughs> yeah. He's so crotchety. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I also really liked that Poe and his cockiness just make things worse. And if he yeah. would have just, like, done what he was told... Things would have been better. Um, but then there's also so many moments that are just kind of like, huh? Like, that's not how that works. So, yeah, I don't know. So for me, growing up in high school, we learned about the hero's journey. Right? Are, you, are you all familiar with that? And Star Wars, the original A New Hope, was presented as a hero's journey for Luke. And it fits that archetype of like a very old, like mythological, like Greek mythology type story. And that really resonated, obviously, like getting to talk about Star Wars in you know high school English class was great. <laughs> and I'm jealous. We did not do that in my class. Me neither. And watching, watching this movie has a completely different take on what heroes are or should be. And it's to the point where I don't, I don't feel comfortable calling people heroes. Because it's really like deconstructing heroes. And Poe Dameron specifically, the way that he goes through his journey in this movie, I call the leader's journey. Mm. Where he starts off as this cocky pilot who just kind of wants to show off and blow things up. And over the course of the movie, through his interactions with uh, Leia, he learns how to be a leader to this budding rebellion. And by the end of it, she hands, you know, she hands the reins of leadership over to him, literally. I mean, not literally, but but she says, why are you looking at me? Follow him and, yeah. and points to him and then everyone follows him. Yeah, I definitely picked up on that watching this again. I, I um, just the, the juxtaposition of her saying at the beginning that very powerful line where he says, you know, there were heroes in that battle. And she says, dead oh, yeah. heroes, no leaders. 
And that is just yeah, exactly. such a perfect juxtaposition with the line you're talking about there. I hadn't even thought about it in terms of how much she's passing that mantle on. So that's definitely a powerful moment. I think my biggest question with um, what happens with all that is why didn't Laura Dern just tell her her plan? Because why would she? He's just yeah. some cocky pilot. Like, she's the, the leader of this operation. He has absolutely no reason to know this plan. Like, this is a very yeah. precarious plan. Sorry. This is like, no, no, no. I, I, I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. I'm just like, because that's, like, I have like that is like one of the only things I was like, well, just like if he's causing some problems and Leia trusted him, why don't I just pull him aside and be like, listen, asshole. <laughs> we got it this, online. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't but understand I think the big secrecy. That's how we've been conditioned by other movies that the, the flyboy hero, you know, Poe's Poe's character should always be in the mix, should always have a say in it. And right. this added like a, a level of realism where, she says, "Hey, didn't you just get demoted? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't you why just should get I tell you anything for like going against orders? Yeah, and like you're in here trying to like she uh, he told Lord Dern like, hey, here's some really obvious information. Just like she's like, oh, thanks, thanks for that. I didn't know that, right? Like he's just he's just being yeah. super cocky. Yeah, <laughs> he does he does a lot of." butting in and telling people like very obvious things like when the transports are escaping from the cruiser and they're discovered by the first order and the first order ship starts taking out the transports poe like runs up to the cockpit of the transport he's in and he says faster go faster and i was just like do you think they were like going at the slow speed (laughs) Uh, cj hunt points out in the chat that he actually did you know by talking it pretty by talk by telling everyone uh, her plan pretty freely when he's talking to Finn. That's how DJ finds out. Yeah. So we actually do have a, a sign. And I, it's funny because I've wrestled with this a lot because I do think that if um, Admiral Hodo had, had said something to reassure him that everything obviously is different. But I think one of the themes that I, I don't think I'd picked up in this movie until I watched it this time is trust. Like so much of this movie is about who do we trust and who do we not trust? You know, Luke doesn't trust Ray. He doesn't trust himself. Holdo doesn't trust Poe. Or I'm sorry, even more important, Poe doesn't trust Holdo. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've heard a lot of military folks chime in on this question with the idea of that part of how it's supposed to work is you trust your commander. And if your commander tells you, here's what our plan is, you assume that they know something that you don't, that they have some information there. And then obviously that can get problematic. But it's one of the things I think I like so much is the way that they flip that. Because I, I'm curious how you all felt. The first time I watched this movie... The whole time, I thought for sure Poe and Finn are the heroes and Holdo was an idiot. Because, like, the movie was using every trope that I've seen a million times before in which Holdo is always the idiot and our heroes... I mean, think of, like, even in in Star Wars movies, everyone tells Han, don't go out after Luke. You know, we order you not to do that. And he's like, I'll see you in hell. I'm going to go rescue (laughs) my friend. Uh, Captain America, you know, screw you. I'm going to go rescue my friends. Like, that's the trope we get. Did, did you all kind of have the sense that Poe was wrong from the beginning? Or did you also have that moment of like, oh, this is not the movie I thought it was? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he was wrong from the beginning. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think when I was watching it, I didn't have that reaction. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Ashley. Like, I thought he was wrong. Especially, like, there's a moment where, um, like, Rose and Finn come to Poe with the plan of, like, we got to get this code breaker. We can take, we can take their mm-hmm. tracking down. Um, and 3PO's like, this sounds like something you should tell. Hold on. Holden? Holdo? Holdo. Holdo. Laura Dern. Dern. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
the wonderful Laura Dern. <laughs> and Poe's like, no, this is on a need-to-know basis. She doesn't need to know. And it's like, at that point, I was like, nope, this is going to get you killed. This is going to get a bunch of people killed. Because we saw mm-hmm. him disobey orders at the very beginning of the movie and get a bunch of people killed. Yeah. And also, like, when they're announcing, like, Leia's incapacitated... Our, our leadership is obviously going to go to and he does the like stand up oh, yeah. thing I uh-huh. just was like this sit ain't down. it buddy like sit <laughs> sit down you've just been demoted it's clearly not you yeah but I do think yeah because movies are presented to us in this way where we kind of expect that if someone comes up with a plan that the plan will work mm. that there, there was that in the back of my mind Right. They went through all that trouble to go to Canto Bight and get, find a, co- a code breaker <laughs> uh, to get on board the Superstar Destroyer. And then, yeah, like I expected that part of the plan to work. Right. Yeah. I like what it was Vermilion One says Poe is my least favorite new character. He does nothing and adds almost nothing to the series. <laughs> And like it's so, that's a bit strong. It's I I like Poe, but I agree that he does nothing. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like he's what I want, and this is like big and controversial. Is like the Poe Finn relationship that Disney is way too chicken to do. Yeah, I mean, I and pretty I, much saw it and just allowed my. I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can take your narrative that way. I know what I saw. Right, because, like, the relationship between Finn and Poe, even if it just stays as, like, a purely platonic relationship, which I agree in my head it's not, but, um, it like, him sort of acting as this mentor to Finn and their friendship is, like, really yeah. wholesome, like, really nice to watch. Um, so I don't want to just, like, throw Poe out whole, whole stuff, like, throw him out with the bathwater, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> And I like yeah. I like his leader's journey, as as Riki put it as well. Like at the end when he's like, "Let's not just jump on our X wings and blow things up." It's like, "Oh, <sighs> you learned a lesson." Yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like he is very important to the story for exactly that reason. I think he's also very pretty to look at, and that's a certainly other thing he adds to the cast for those who are so inclined <laughs> to that direction. But also, but I also would agree, and I, it is one of my biggest frustrations about this movie in a way where I am like, they do something wonderful that I now understand is for not great reasons. Because I do think that the Finn-Rose relationship is one of the best parts of this movie. Mm. Knowing, though, that part of why they did that is because originally there had been a lot of thought about finn Ray as a relationship. And that they wanted to shy away from that. And that they also wanted to give Finn something to do because they were saying they originally were kind of thinking maybe Finn would also be a Force user. And then they were going to back away from that. And so it makes me like, okay, you created this great thing for a terrible reason. And I am, you know, it, and especially knowing what they then do with both Finn and Rose's character in the third movie. Like, yeah, I was I like, what relationship? Something... <laughs> yeah, I, I never want some later. Th- and, and, yeah, so it's one of those, like, I have such mixed feelings about their relationship. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's go back to some of the main themes, though, because I think we started getting into it. Let's talk about how failure is a theme through this movie. Um, certainly more than any other Star Wars movie. And I think more than most, honestly, action movies I've seen, like, all of our heroes fail in almost every big way. Like there's some successes at the end, but it's really a meditation on failure. What was kind of your take on that? Or the way that theory, that um, topic is presented. I just know I, one of my notes I wrote, the fact that Yoda can still say something like failure is the greatest teacher and still shock the shit out of Skywalker is saying something about him <laughs> as a teacher. <laughs> he was like, <sighs> I was like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Vermilion One in the in the chat again is talking about how the biggest themes 
about this as trying something and failing and that being like a part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I agree. It is sort of this persistence, but then I think it's also this idea of knowing, not necessarily when to give in to failure, but like knowing when you're wrong and when to try something right. else or like call it quits, basically. I mean, one thing I'm really struck by is how often people fail in part because they're so terrified of failing, mm. you know, and because kind of what Yoda's saying, like, and, and to me, and this is only kind of hinted at, but for me, it really comes across very strong. You know, part of why Luke is so concerned is the one mentor who he's the one example he's had of someone teaching him how to be a Jedi. Well, at least one of two is Obi-Wan, <laughs> who says from the very beginning that Obi-Wan's failure in his attempt to teach Anakin is why Darth Vader happened. And I feel like that has to be such a big part of what is in Luke's mind going in and why he is so afraid of failure. And that leads him to this terrible moment with Kylo because he's just, you know, there's no good answer. You know, it's what do you do when you see a, like, should Obi-Wan have killed Anakin when he saw him going on the route? I mean, obviously we know now that they were, that was going to be a very difficult thing to do. But like, to me, it's just such an interesting sort of counterpoint to this whole conversation of Luke knowing you know, the failure to be a good Jedi teacher is what led to Darth Vader. And so if he can't do it, maybe he should not do it at all. Yeah, but I think then in that, right, like he knows that this is what's led to that failure. But because of that knowledge, it it causes him to like draw his saber, not on Kylo, but like have that moment that he talks about, the moment of weakness. And then Kylo sees that. And that's ultimately what pushes Kylo to the dark side. Um, like it seemed like Snoke seemed seemingly already had like his paws on him, but it felt like that moment, right? That moment of Luke thinking like, okay, I know that that failure is this thing. And like you said, being afraid of failure and like, I just need to end this now. I know that I just need to end this now. Is that ultimately what was like the final straw? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very tough though. Like in, in this universe, that if you are a Jedi Master and you <laughs> fail, that's like a galaxy-wide catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Darth Vader, Kylo Ren scale. You know, yeah. why can't you just fail and have a student just like flunk out of your Jedi school and go home? It's high stakes. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I think that's part of um, Luke's point is that that's part of why he's like, maybe we just shouldn't do this at all. You know, because if the stakes are so, if the stakes of failure are so high, is it better just to not do it at all? Yeah, or even just, like, I think his critique of the Jedi as a religion, like how he points out to Ray, like, the Force is everywhere. It's not something that the Jedi own. It's not something that's going to go away if the Jedi go away. And so this notion of the Jedi putting such high stakes on things, right? Like, you can't just flunk out of Jedi Academy and go home because, like, we kidnapped you when you were babies. Um, So it's like, (laughs) there's no... We'll throw you out when you're 17. (laughs) Exactly, right? <laughs> like it's it's not like you can be like, actually guys, this isn't for me later. Right? It's like, no, no, you're being indoctrinated into this. That's what right. was decided. And when a Jedi does decide to leave, they become Count Dooku. Yeah. We don't right? have a great example of people being like, Yeah, peace out. I'll go do my own yeah. thing. Didn't Ahsoka do that? <laughs> she does, but Luke doesn't know that story. Or Which is does why, he? Well, it's why the single moment I most want out of some of the future Star Wars is is the moment when Ahsoka learns that Anakin turned and like meets Luke. And yeah, I need that moment. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. Um, <clears throat> the part about religion, though, that, that uh, let, let's kind of jump to that because I'll admit that is, that is, I think, the theme that I love most about this. And I'll I'll state my bias. I'm a former religious professional. I used to be a pastor. I'm very interested in organized religion, and I tend to think that that what he says about the Jedi makes complete sense, and is a searing critique on what happens in organized religion all the time. You know, of where the people who are the religious authorities start to think that instead of them being the ones who point to the divine thing that they are the divine thing Mm -hmm. you know and that like so many religious leaders in history have come along to say like you know jesus muhammad like all these different like stories we have are about people being like you're missing out on this and i think and i'm ricky and sarah especially i'd love to hear from you on this with ashley as well for me what luke says about the jedi sort of makes me feel like everything in the clone wars is really now absolutely canon like remembered canon because it feels like what he's talking about of how the Jedi let Palpatine happen and they became so arrogant like the movies hint at it but the Clone Wars really tell that story yeah I think watching the last the last Jedi so this is my first time re-watching it after having seen the Clone Wars mm-hmm. um, and there were a lot of things that I picked up on partially because we're like going so deep into the Clone Wars and like dissecting it every week um, but yeah there's so much lore there and like yeah this idea of the the fall of the jedi especially like right now where we're at in the clone wars which is the beginning of season five they're they're really starting to sort of see the cracks in the system as these jedi as religious leaders stroke peacekeepers stroke politicians um and that they're becoming this like too too big of an entity and like much more than what they should be Mm-hmm. The kind of your read, Riki. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I I thought the fact that Luke named Sidious, you know, he said the name Sidious in this movie, was very significant. Not just in you know referencing a past character, but but really connecting things in the way that you said, Matthew. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I I think Luke. I don't know how, like, I would have to think more about that, but he, he has, like, a very good understanding of why the Jedi failed and why Sidious came to power. I guess he's been talking to ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly possible. Certainly possible. So, yeah, and what else do y'all think about this? So, I mean, it seems one of the central questions of this movie, then, is should the Jedi continue? Um, and And Luke, I think, kind of, makes a very strong case in one direction. He kind of goes back on it, but obviously there's, there's, there's a lot of back and forth there. What, what, what's your kind of take on, on where, uh, how you feel about how, how that question is addressed? I feel like Jedi with a whole lot of amendments, like let them have wives, <laughs> uh, let them, if they want to force lightning and they do it with, you know, good intentions, let them do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, they're too I strict. There are, there are like Venn diagrams of, of what it means to be a Jedi and you know the the small the smaller one i guess the jedi order as it existed during the old republic absolutely should not continue right like that that failed in a i guess predictable way you guys created end. all your biggest villains <laughs> yeah yeah um but the idea of like a bigger circle of jedi you know as people who use the force to positively impact the galaxy I think should, and it's it's a question of how how then do you organize that group and 
I guess, enforce your your rules within that organization? Like, is it even an organization? Or is it just like a loosely affiliated group of people who know each other and can use the force? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of what Luke said about the force just being this thing that exists and is inherent in everything and it's not going to go away if the Jedi go away can sort of be reversed. Like, I don't think the Jedi are going to go away just because Luke has sequestered himself on this island. Um, There's just, like, too much there. And I've been... I've been reading, it's been coming up on my Facebook timeline with a few friends who are talking about this sort of evangelical atheism um, with this Mm -hmm. idea of just like supplanting one worldview for kind of the opposite, but being just as like vitreous about it. I don't know if vitreous is the right word. Having just as much vitriol about it. Um, And I think like if you do just decide like wholeheartedly abolish the Jedi, like get rid of them entirely, then like something is going to come up. Right. Like either there's going to be something like the Sith to fill that vacuum or you're sort of getting rid of the sort of like cultural touchstones that people need to sort of bring like balance in the force, balance in their life through the sort of sense of ritual. And I think you can have the sort of pluralistic ritual elements of Jedi as a religion without having, yeah, like you're saying, the strict code of like you can't have wives, you can't have yeah. feelings. Also, Here's we're the, senators. All the rules reason, yeah. that are going to turn you into a Sith. Yeah, <laughs> I've been like trying to force you down this very, very narrow path, right? I've been reading a number. Yeah, I think you want a shared value Ooh. value system. I've been reading a number of the uh, books that are now set in the High Republic period, which is supposed to be the heyday of the Jedi, and almost every character in that book is having lust and love and is fighting against the restrictions <laughs> and is like. It's very yeah, clear, like, this is not just Anakin. And one thing I really got this time I watched the movie, because you're right, it, it's funny. Uh, I said before, like, there were a lot of things in this, watching it again, I was like, oh, that that's kind of a plot hole. That doesn't make sense. But I also picked up on a lot of other things that are really awesome. One of which I hadn't recognized until this time I watched it is Ray is angry for almost this entire movie. Ray is constantly oh, yeah. demonstrating things that a Jedi is not supposed to demonstrate. You know, Luke especially gets very scared that she wants to go towards the dark side. And it, it, it to me, like her character in this, I think, is really an indication of what you're talking about there, of her being she's not what what um, Obi-Wan or earlier Yoda would have said is what a Jedi should be. But now she is a Jedi. And I it's, again, one of my things where I love it, but I wish they'd gone one step further. Yoda is one of the ones who's telling Luke, like, no, this Rey is what the Jedi should be. <laughs> And I just wish he'd acknowledge, because I was wrong. You know? Like, it's funny that they talk yeah. so much about failure. Yoda has never acknowledged how much he failed in the creation of Anakin. You know? and Or he failed in trying to hold Luke back and stuff like that. But So I just thought that was really interesting, that we constantly, like, seeing Rey do what a Jedi is not supposed to do, but clearly she gets the mantle of she is the Jedi. Luke won't be the last one. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, like, um, someone pointed out in the chat... Again, like Luke's, Luke also became a super powerful Jedi without being like a toddler. It seems like the most powerful Jedi are weren't conscripted yep. as toddlers, yep. right? So this idea of like, well, are you indoctrinating too early? Are you holding them back from the Force? Is that done on purpose, right? Like Ray, Ray didn't come into the Force until she was like, I don't know, what, like early twenties. Um, yeah, like it's and it's very much that religious idea again, you know, of like, mm-hmm. do you. Do you need to make someone religious by like teaching them from birth? You know, you have to learn this religion. 
or can you like find it yourself? You know, I mean, there's a whole debate in many religions about that, like believer baptism or in all the, you know Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. And I, I just love the way it's brought up here, especially because, and we'd be careful not to spoil anything, but um, there is another character who we will meet in a property that um, uh, Ricky Sarah and I will be talking about later in the year, who is, I think, one of the best examples of a Jedi we ever find, who's basically married, like is in a loving romantic relationship. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we're there. There's definitely a lot going on there of them sort of, you know, saying like, hey, you can be a different kind of Jedi. Yeah, let him get married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, because like this whole like the idea of feelings lead to attachment leads to frowny face, right? Yeah. Like trying to suppress your feelings leads to anger, leads to fear, leads yeah, to... Yeah, leads to, you know. like, uh, therapy. I mean, when yeah. you're like, I don't care about the person who told me to not care about people, but it's my master and I'm supposed to care about them. None of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Repression of feelings, and especially, like, forced celibacy and forced denial of love, I think we have a lot of instances, especially in religious settings, does not work out very well. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, regarding Ray's anger and darkness that you talked about Mm -hmm. in this movie one of the things on this rewatch that kind of disappointed me was the follow-up we get in rise of skywalker you know spoilers for that movie uh ray is palpatine's granddaughter i guess um and having that information and now coming back to this movie and seeing her darkness I think it it becomes easy to dismiss that as like a genetic thing, like genetic evil. And I didn't like feeling that way about her. And I wanted her to be more conflicted, you know, just on her own merits. I think there was, yeah, I agree. I think there was something like weird, something nice, I guess, with the idea of like Kylo being um, like Leia's son and he's bad. And like Palpatine is Rey's yeah grandfather and she's good so this idea of like flip-flopping lineages but then also like well no because kylo is vader's grandson so like eh, they're both evil but yeah i just (laughs) with the heart of gold underneath (laughs) yeah yes underneath those like magnificent abs yeah (laughs) just gotta pull it out your heart is not under your abs but okay <laughs> but that, i remember when we did the last um no return of the jedi um rewatched and i haven't seen that movie in so long I, I remember just getting to the end of it and being like this is just this movie almost they have the elevator scene they have the same conversation mm-hmm. you know he betrays snoke and i was like wait a minute What's happening here? <laughs> and then when I watched all of them again and watched the new ones, I was like, hey. <laughs> plus the Battle of... Where's my original story? <laughs> it, it's like a lot of Return of the Jedi plus the Battle on Hoth. Except, except yeah. now sand is snow. Um, yeah. Re- Blood snow. I, I like your point, and I, I had a similar thing. And, and We'll talk about all our feelings about Return uh, Rise of Skywalker when we get to that movie. <laughs> but I feel like the other thing is, for me, my personal favorite moment for Rey is the fact that she comes from nowhere, that she's from nobody. Because yeah. for me, what that means is that I could be a Jedi too. Like that anyone could be a Jedi because it's not about who your parentage are. It's not about your genetics yeah. or this midichlorian nonsense. It's about, you know, who, yeah, who are you? Hottest pickup line ever. Yeah. You're nothing. Yeah. You came from no one. <laughs> yeah, but you're something to me. You know? Yes. Yeah. yeah right? Turn that around real quick. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it's one hundred percent negative. You know, it's like you're nothing except I love you. Yeah, it's actually a great point. It's t- yeah. Oh, 
It's like classic abuser yeah. tactics. And I was sitting on the couch like, oh, Kylo. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Tell me I'm nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you don't kick shit here. You know, but I, but I, but I think that also. Tell me to shut up and sit down. Me. Sorry. Uh, have some water. Yes, the thirst is strong. Uh, but I, I think for me, especially because you pair it with the other great moment in this movie that gets totally forgotten when the young boy who is like remembering the story of Luke Skywalker just casually uses the force to pull the broom to him. And it's funny, I completely missed that the first time I saw the movie until people pointed it out. It's, it's subtle. So subtle. It's very subtle. But to me, it's so important because clearly that kid's not the son of Palpatine or Skywalker or Obi-Wan. He's just a kid because you can just be a person. And it's it, 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 to me, it is such a beautiful part of this movie and of Ray's story that she can come from nowhere because it's yeah, and we'll get to why I hate the way it changed, but yeah, I think it's such well, a great part of her character in this movie. And to like look at the bigger picture, if the most powerful je- like if it's genetic and it's passed on, like then shouldn't the Jedi Order get married and have kids? Like shouldn't <laughs> right? they be having some kind of Create program? Your own tutor family, have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes much more sense that the Force, is, you know, is, is in all living things. Right. And sometimes it just sparks stronger somewhere. Yeah. Well, and and also I like this idea of like she, her coming from nothing, being like like her parents abandoned her because her parents sucked. And like you know what, you had you had sucky parents, and that's okay. That doesn't define who you are. You can still exactly. be great even if your parents are jerks who dislike exactly. you but then it's like oh it turns out no they yeah. did this for her own good I'm like, eh. yeah. we, we will be doing another episode on rise of skywalker and we will have some strong <laughs> feelings all around there um we all love it and the way and the way all of that that throne room scene i mean I've, first off is my favorite scene in the entire franchise wow, okay. like the the beauty of that fight scene yeah. is yeah. stunning but I always also, see one part where one guy goes to hit her and she's standing there and he has to stop and she drops down. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but she, other than that, it was beautiful. His hair. Uh, uh. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. <laughs> I'm real into but, choreography. <laughs> <laughs> but also like the fact that I, I'm not, I, I don't remember exactly how I felt the first time I watched it, but even now on these rewatches, knowing what's going to happen there's still enough tension there of who's going to turn on who, like who's going to join who. Like it's, they make it very believable that in that moment that you've been thirsting over uh, uh, (laughs) Kylo, that she might take his hand right there and join him. Well, like, like, girl, (laughs) he said, please. He's very polite. Yeah. Yeah. But even this idea of like, I think, okay, not going to rag. On Rise of Skywalker. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like this idea of them as the sort of like power couple of the galaxy of like her bringing him closer, her bringing her bringing him closer to the light, but also like him sort of disavowing her of this notion yeah. of like Jedi purity that sort of Luke was trying mm-hmm. to get at as well. Um, and also this idea of like your parents don't make you, I think could be applicable to Kylo too. It seemed like he just had to like, like, he murdered his dad, right? Yeah. Um, and he didn't murder his mom, but then his friends didn't. He was like, no, okay. Or tried to, yeah. I suppose. Um, but this idea of, like, your parents not defining you, I think they could have both, like, 
worked that out together. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, yeah. He would have just helped her save the ships. Like, that's all you have to do. Just help her save the ships. Mm-hmm. And everything would have been fine. You could have been able to barter for that one little thing. You had the higher ground. <laughs> like, I, I am on record as saying like that I like the idea of a team up between like the former Sith and the former Jedi. You know, I really wanted it with mm. Ahsoka and Ventress. And I think, yeah, in that scene, I was so excited at that potential of exactly what you're saying, Sarah, of them like together feeling like, yeah, I'm rejecting the Sith. You're rejecting the Jedi. Is there some way to meet in the middle somewhat of like saying both of these systems are kind of broken and kind of extreme um and you know again it's like i think there was still potential for this that at the end of this movie the other thing that i love so much about that uh that scene i mean it's so beautiful it's such a powerful moment for the two of them working together but it's also i just was talking before about ray's emotional journey it is where uh where uh kylo like switches like a light because one thing is that in all those scenes where him and uh, Ray are joined. Ray is angry. He's totally calm. You know, she's yelling at him. How could you kill your father? How could you do this? And he's very like, hmm, this is interesting. I wonder how we're doing this. Like, and it's it's only until she rejects him that all that goes out the window. And I feel like there's such a direct line between him getting rejected there and then now him coming face to face with Luke, the other person who he feels completely rejected him and just utterly losing his shit. You know, because he's like so unimbalanced yeah. there. And it's all because of that scene with him and, and Ray. And I think there's so much of like, for him, Ray embracing him would have sort of been a like, you know, he wants daddy, granddaddy Vader to embrace him. But apparently the ghost of Vader is never talking to him. He wanted Snoke to embrace him, <laughs> but Snoke was nagging him all over the place. He wants Luke to embrace him. He, and now Ray is his last chance. Ray is his last chance. And she rejects him as well. Yeah, I I see what you're saying, although I kind of disagree with he's totally calm during their interactions when she's so angry. I think like he's he's cold, but I don't think he's calm. Mm, Like Mm. it's this purposeful, powerful, again, like classic abuser tactic of like, I'm over here cool as a cucumber and you're the one who's getting emotional. But like you can tell inside that he's like manipulative and like also like trying to piece together what's going on but this idea of like he's enjoying toying with ray Mm, that's fair Mm -hmm. right and in in this sort of like power move like i don't as much as i thirst after kylo he's a jerk like he's (laughs) he's not a good guy we would have problems start smashing my stuff around we'll see what happens (laughs) there's a great article uh that went around when the movie first came out about he um Comparing him to Vader is the perfect sort of understanding of like neo-Nazi online versus like actual fascism in terms of like that Kylo is, he's not Vader. Mm. He's the whiny boy who's trying to be Vader, you know, who's trying to live up to that, but is so... He's equally as whiny as Anakin, though. I'll give him that. That's fair. Yeah. Like James Earl Jones, that voice does not whine. That's not possible. It's not his register. But pre that, he was like, I hate them. I mean, you know what it's Yeah. <laughs> All like, the Skywalkers have their have their moments. Gorgeous. Yeah. I want to go to Tashi Station. Yeah, honey <laughs> power converters. Yeah, like, Riki and I were joking that we think that the um, the the Knights of Ren is that what just the generic stormtroopers are called around the no, no. those are fancy guys. the generic stormtroopers who are just wandering in the ba- around the base probably have some sort of c- code word for when Kylo's like 
losing his poop. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just like, oh, he's Paul DeCarlo again. Get the broom. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's he smashed yeah. this time? Maintenance crew to that Don't elevator. make eye contact. Is, is, yeah. is it this movie or the last one where there's two stormtroopers, like, walking down a hall, they see Kylo going crazy and turn around and walk the other way? They they I see the sparks yeah. they see, and they, coming out of the... It's it's the previous yeah. one, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's uh, but but it's like one of those stormtroopers is Daniel Craig, I think. Is that what? Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I, will, I, I, I just want to make a quick aside also about stormtroopers. We've complained numerous mm. times about how stormtrooper armor stops nothing. Like an Ewok can punch you, a laser blast, nothing. <laughs> Captain Phasma, her armor stops a laser blast. So someone can build yeah. proper stormtrooper armor. They just choose not to. Anyway, my, my <laughs> yeah. is she? That's because Captain Phasma is a bleep bleep bleep. M M F N B. Yeah, something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and <laughs> I'm just, I'm so disappointed by the lack of use of Phasma yeah, in, in the entire trilogy. Yeah, and I think, like she. I guess she dies in this movie because she doesn't come back in the third movie. I was like, did she fall into space? Like, I was really watching, like, is that what happened? Because it goes through the fire and there was a hole at the bottom of the ship. The ship was cut in half, right? right? Mm. So I guess we assume she's in space. Yeah. Yeah. So in in, in the chats, wondering if she has Beskar armor. That's kind of what I was wondering, too, because she does. I think they were trying to, like, Mm. make her into the new Boba Fett, but then, like, traitor with the, like, weird spinny gun got way more like viral attention and then so she even sort of makes a callback to that right with like calling finn a traitor Mm. trying to i think like recapture some of that magic but because like it was it felt forced right like they were trying to force phasma to be this like virally cool sensation in the same way of like aura saying or boba fett that Mm. it just like they didn't quite get there. They should have just given her lines and made her an actual yeah. character. Yeah. I wonder, this I don't know, but I wonder if it is in some ways tied to what happened to Finn's character. Because, like, often in movies like this, like, each one of our heroes has their own sort of personal antagonist. And Phasma is very mm. much Finn's antagonist. You know, with his mm, whole yeah. journey yeah. of being the former stormtrooper and, like, all that stuff. And in some ways, I feel like having her die in this movie it just under you know it's one more sign of like they didn't know what to do with finn you know because that could have been such a big part of especially since i mean one of the things i do like about the last movie is that they do go into this idea of like the the stormtroopers who are rebelling and stuff like that so yeah just one more (laughs) yeah and that would have been a perfect place to reintroduce phasma and have her try to recapture them or or kill them or whatever and like we all know that Falling down a deep pit and even being cut in half doesn't necessarily doesn't mean you die. <laughs> anything. <laughs> Haley Hobbs does point out in the chat that um, Beskar armor is very good against most things except when Obi Wan punches you, because um, that happens oh in Clone Wars. Yeah. But so yeah. with... wait, what? When? There's at least one or two points where he's fighting Mandalorians and he just punches them, and it and he's just punching them. Well, Obi Wan is very special. Also very true. The power of snark and sass. That's yeah, <laughs> he's just so sassy. They're emotionally wounded. So yeah. the one last theme I wanted to talk about, and then let's, let's go into some of the specific characters, is this idea of mythology and legend. Because obviously it's something that Luke especially is really feeling. And and it's funny, even in the cre- in the opening scrawl, you know, it says that like everyone, all these rebels are just thinking like if only Luke shows up, everything will be okay again. And on the one hand, Luke is very opposed to that. Is very And, and he, he at one point says like the reason he failed is because he's just Luke. He's not 
Luke Skywalker, the great Jedi master, you know, and it feels like the movie is kind of going back and forth on this question because on the one hand, it's very critical of the dangers of myth and legend. But then at the end, like this wonderful moment of hope is that little kid telling the story of Luke Skywalker. Uh, what, what, what are you going to take away from this in terms of like what, what the movie's having to say and what you think about the role of legend and mythology and how that's helpful or harmful? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think those are two opposing mm. points. I think it's mostly like, not believing your own hype, I guess. Like this idea of knowing knowing myth and legend as myth and legend and then believing you are legendary and mythical, right? Like, so Luke, Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. is like just a dude, but the story of Luke Skywalker is very important. And then like, as soon as Luke started believing that he was the story, right? As soon as the Jedi started believing that they were the mm-hmm. force, that's when this breakdown happens. Right. Yeah, you need, like, legend-type stories to inspire people in a conflict like this. Um, And and a lot of the comic books that take place between A New Hope and um, The Empire Strikes Back are about Luke's journey and growing as as a rebel and a Jedi. But it's also about him just, like, going around and kind of, like, inspiring people and saying like hey yeah like i'm the one who blew up the death star like join the rebellion <laughs> so he's kind of like captain america it up like the, the first yeah. part of captain I america love that. yeah it's like a great connection because that's i think in the same way like cap fights against that somewhat i i just recently rewatched avengers and i totally forgotten that there's a moment where you know uh uh you know colson says okay well we have your suit and cap says like isn't the stars and stripes kind of hokey like he doesn't want to put on the suit to be cap again and and Craig says that maybe people need that inspiration. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that point that that it, it's about kind of finding that balance of, of how do you do both of those things? Yeah. And in this movie, I mean, when Rose meets Finn, she gushes on mm-hmm. about him and like the role he played in blowing up Starkiller base. And he's like, no, 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 like that. I'm, I'm nobody like it's it's yeah. no big deal because he kind of he kind of knows like how little he did or, you know, how lucky they all got in that situation. Yeah. But we can see how the stories of how Starkiller Base was destroyed have spread and have inspired people. Yeah. And and I think that's a great scene because it's a great double-edged sword. Because the fact is, you know, Rose is saying, like, if you are part of this military organization and you leave, that is desertion. You know, that is a crime. Finn never signed up. Finn never made any commitment. And to me, like, maybe I'm sort of being overly sympathetic— I think he has every right in the world to get in an escape cod and peace out and go try to rescue the other Jedi. And I think there's something really interesting there about Rose is holding him to a standard of this myth and legend that really should never have been applied to him. Yeah. yeah. And I think she's also like grieving the loss of her sister as well, who was like, right. like died in the line of duty, right? In this very honorable yeah. like self-sacrifice. And I think she's trying to hold everybody to that standard now. And that might yeah. just be part of her grief. I think that's true. That's true. I think the other reason why this whole idea of the legend and mythology point really echoed for me is it does feel like a lot of this movie is about, and and uh, Riki, I think you were saying this at the beginning, just challenging. It's kind of a meta point because it's not only about how in this universe people should do it, but there's also an element of like, hey, you fans, how much are you putting these people on pedestals and not treating them as real people? You know, and that I think gets into all the stuff they show about Luke, but also there's just, there's so many wonderful little comments in here about uh, you know, 
uh, Yoda saying like, you know, that that we have to grow beyond the past and we have to trust the next generation, you know, to not to be not what the past was. And and Kylo, like I mean, the only thing that they, I agree with him that he says to Ray is, you know, kill the past. Forget about it. Yeah. If he um, wasn't literal about that, I think she would have taken his hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do, you think, do, do you think that there is some kind of a meta point there of like, you know, because part of what Ryan Johnson is doing is really breaking away from a lot of the fan expectations of these movies and saying like, that's, you know, the past movies are great, but but these are new ones and they're growing beyond and that's okay. And we should let go of wanting everything to be, you know, the Luke that we wanted and the Han that we wanted and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think the, those two points that you brought up, Matthew, Yoda at one point says something like, we are what they grow beyond, I believe, in in discussions of Rey and and future potential Jedi. And then, of course, Kylo is saying, like, kill the past or destroy the past. But both of them are applying the same kind of logic that when it's time for the new generation to take over, that you have to, like, build upon what the past has, has... has uh, brought you to right? right and kylo wants to destroy it and and move <laughs> on and yoda saying like let them grow beyond you and that that's how they will become even greater yeah and yeah like i think that's that's a great point about the meta aspect of this movie and this trilogy and why i have so much love for it is yeah. that it has built upon everything i've loved since being a child and has added these elements that I can appreciate as an adult now and kind of grow beyond the, the childish elements of what I enjoy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I agree. And I think maybe the, one of the reasons why I, I'm sort of disillusioned with this movie is because like the next movie undermines this point so much. Um, and it just like feels bad. Especially with the whole, like, like with Kylo explicitly saying to Ray, like, your parents are no one. You're nothing. Um, right? And this idea of, like, directly being told Ray is not special. Special. Bleh, special. Ray does not have some sort of fancy lineage. We're telling you this directly. Let go of that idea that she's going to be related to these past movies in any way, shape, or form. And then the next movie is like, mm, JK, well, she is. Yeah. And I feel uh, like no, that, I that, like, just breaks it down and like Ricky was saying I, I like that message a lot of like this is its own thing you you've gotta like let it be its own thing and yeah, yeah. kill kill the past build build on the past before yeah and like, I, I don't want to get too much into like the fan debates over this movie and I I think it's very possible to have legitimate concerns about this movie and dislikes of this movie and not be a toxic fan by any mm-hmm. means and I think even like like you know there are there are, I think people with very legitimate opinions who just don't like what they did with Luke in the story. And I think that can be totally legitimate. But I think in many ways, the point we're talking about now is kind of exactly where the toxicity came from. Like, because there were, for a lot of people who had a very specific idea of like, you know, I don't want to see a girl Jedi. I don't want to see a black (laughs) Jedi. I don't want to see, you know, Luke being weak. In some ways, like, that whole idea of like, let go of the past and be willing to let there be new things really kind of resonates for me in that. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Vermilion one talking about how uh, it says Kylo is using hubris and anger to move beyond his teachers, whereas Yoda is telling Luke, "Our time has passed. Step aside in humility to allow the next generation to take their path." And yeah, like I think because Kylo is a Sith, you know, we are familiar with the 
rule of two, the only way for you to move past your master and become a master yourself is to kill your master. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he is kind of like <laughs> holding to that tradition. Well, and it, it, I think actually you're both making a fantastic point. I haven't figured out until this moment. It, I mean, I think it's very easy for us to say like Kylo should have done that, but Luke didn't let him. Mm. Luke was doing exactly the problem. Luke was, he saw his student doing something wrong and and jumped to this bad place. And, and you know, and I, I, one thing I both love about this movie so much, but makes it so hard to talk about is the way it uses that Rashomon technique of like, we're going to show you that same scene three different times and never actually tell you the truth of it. And it, for me, it's both a brilliant filmmaking technique because it's a great, like, look at the idea that, like, you know, when I tell you a story from my past, I cannot possibly tell you what exactly happened because, like, you know, my your emotions will always color your memories. And, and so I, I love that. But it also makes it harder to discuss, like, how wrong was Luke? Because we don't know exactly what happened because no one will know yeah. exactly what happened. And I, it's both frustrating, but I think that's the point. And that's why I love it so much. Good point. Let, yeah. Oh, go, go on. Oh, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> uh, let's go into some of the specific characters. I think we've talked a lot about them, so we can kind of just touch on them quickly and see if there's anything more about their journeys we want to talk about. First with Rey. What, what do you kind of think of Rey's journey and where she, she goes as a character in this movie? I I don't love Ray as much in this movie as I did in previous one. And I'm getting all the mm. acronyms confused. This is Last <laughs> Jedi. That one was Return of the... It's rise. The rise of the Force, Force Awakens. Of, oh, Force, gosh. The Force rises. The Force, <laughs> the Force of Skywalker arises. <laughs> I just... Sorry. I'm, I do it, my, too. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it's because she's so indoctrinated i guess in this or like so adherent to this idea of like luke skywalker the legend right um and like he even points out to her like do you think i came to this hard to get to island in the middle of nowhere that i've erased from all maps because i wanted you to come find me like yeah what you doing here girl right and just like her being so adamant about it that like no no this is right i'm not leaving until you come with me and then when she goes into the cave and uh is like seeing all those reflections of herself and then instantly comes back and is like hey kylo ren leader of the knights of ren uh let's have a chit chat about this because like i saw stuff and i felt power and like what do you think right like, like that's you're making some bad yeah. decisions right yeah but I also think it's an interesting meditation on... I'm just going to jump in my pod. Hang on. She's just like, I'm going to yeah. jump in my pod because I think this is a good idea. I'm going to get there and he's just going to take my hand and everything's going to be fine. I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, it, it's funny. This is a weird metaphor I'm going to use, but I think it's, it applies to many other things. But like when, when debates happen about like, should we teach kids sex ed and stuff like that? One of the comments is often, I, I used to be a, a, a big proponent of, of sex ed. Uh, professionally, I still am in my own life. But um, one of the points that we often make is if you don't try to teach kids, someone else is going to. And they're often going to learn it from the worst places. Right. And there's kind of something here like Ray turns to Kylo because Luke won't teach her. Mm -hmm. She's just had this incredible. And I think that's kind of the, the genius of Snoke is that, you know, somehow Snoke understands that Ray is going to get rejected and not, you know, she turns to Luke and says, help me. And he won't. And so she turned, like, I think you're right. It's, she's idiotic to turn to Kylo. 
But I also understand, like, you have all this knowledge, and here's the one person who will talk to you about it. And he's so dreamy. And yeah. he's so dreamy. Also true. Also true. Um, I think Kylo's character, we've talked about a good deal. Um, is there any, any other kind of points you want to make about Kylo's character arc, or we can move on? Well, I just want to say, like, the actor, Adam, Adam Driver, fantastic. And not just, like, in his line delivery, but the intensity with which he fights with with mm-hmm. his lightsaber there's just something magical about it and I, I just love it so much yeah honestly i'm like pretty sure the reason i crush so hard on kylo ren is because i'm just crushing on adam driver yeah <laughs> like, i watched those. i have a thing for that though like the yeah. the loki's the dark hair the real pale skin super whiny i can probably mold you to what i want you to be mm-hmm. because you have a troubled childhood let's do this yes yeah, so <laughs> I, can, I can fix you i like a project it's good yeah. Look, yeah. David Bowie as the lab as the Goblin King, like that set a good bar, you know, bar. <laughs> also, I'm enjoying that you can see the position of the sun in the sky out my window by how much darker my uh, video is getting. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> similar is happening to us here. Yeah, yeah you're in gorgeous <laughs> yeah. light now. <laughs> but you're right. I think um, I mean all the conversation we had about the subtlety that Kylo was showing and how manipulative he is, but in these very subtle ways. Um, I, I think it's, it's down to Adam Driver, and I think it's also part of why some of the some of the scenes that don't feel very subtle, like Canto Bite, is a scene that I feel like I've really kind of changed my mind on in a lot of way. I love the idea of it. I love the concept of it. There's no subtlety to it whatsoever, and I think it, it to me that becomes even more of a glaring problem when you look at things like how well Adam Driver is acting that role. Yeah, and things like that. He puts his all into it, and that's I appreciate it because he's a good actor. I like most of the things he's in and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, I know he, he feels whatever way about doing this role, but I will give him, he, he put everything into it and he was really going yeah. for it. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vermillion, I wanted to also mention is going back a bit, but I think Yoda realized that as well after teaching Luke, because Luke had left him on Dagobah and grew beyond his master's which I think is a really great point. Uh, and Vermillion, if you're attempting to make an application that you'd be a future guest on the Star Wars podcast, uh, we're signing you up. So, <laughs> um, so let's go to Luke, who I think obviously this is kind of one of the most controversial in terms of some people love his character in this, some people hate it and think it's not at all right. Uh, where do you all take on uh, Luke's journey? I'm going to... Hmm. I'm in the, I'm in the love it. category. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Luke, Luke in this movie was... Everything I didn't know I needed. Hmm. I think that's the yeah. best way to put it. <laughs> I just yeah, love Mark Hamill. No, I love him so much, <laughs> and I loved everything about it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think. I... Good. Oh, I was gonna say. I think the the brilliance of making us wait. What was it? Two years mm-hmm. after having like Ray extend the saber yeah, back to him. The means. Yeah. That were on just... the internet with that saber. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then yeah, exactly. Actually, just him like <laughs> chucking it over his shoulder, right? Like this is not. I am not what you built me up to be. Is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't need to see him drinking that gross <laughs> milk. That was a power <laughs> move. Yeah, I'm good. I didn't need that in my life, and it's probably it one of the top three things I remember from the film. <laughs> it doesn't bother me the way it bothers everyone else. Oh, of course, it doesn't. I so I <laughs> I didn't remember it, and I don't know if it's because I like repressed it, but definitely watching it again, like him making eye contact with her, I'm just like, yeah, Ugh. yeah, and just like takes a swing, just like delicious, yeah. yeah, it's my it's blue milk angry. is my heritage. He's very angry about it, that's for sure. Like, yeah, the, the aggressive like blue no. milk in his beard. But no, I I think I'm with you all. I 
<laughs> to me, I don't see how Luke could get to any place but this, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, because he is the legend now. He is the mythology. And I just, I don't, and maybe this is me sort of wanting too much realism in my movies and people, I, I, I totally respect if you want the idea of the hero who just is the perfect hero through the rest of their life. To me, that's not something I can believe in. Like, you know, and even in the world of laser swords and the force and all this, I still want characters who feel relatable, you know? Yeah. It's always this kind of the, the DC versus Marvel idea of like, Marvel is, you know, char- heroes you can relate to. DC is like, the characters are like demigods. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to relate to them. I, I want Luke in a, as a Marvel character. And I think this, where he goes with it, and especially the redemption he gets, because, I mean, to me, that the, the confrontation he has against Kylo is everything. Like, yeah. Because he's both, he's not the person who comes back and says, Kylo, I can rescue you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because I do feel like, I don't think Kylo gets to where he does by the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker without this scene because i think this is such a like pinprick to his ego and such a challenging moment for him but just like i mean every i mean luke is mean luke's a bully in this like the the whole like brushing the the dust off of his shoulder which isn't there because he's not there and like everything you just said is wrong it just feels so perfect where luke would have gotten to at this point where he isn't just going to go back to the guy who confronted Vader, who was like young and naive and had all these great ideas. Starry He's a very different person and he's going to do it in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like so, so much has gone down in this like interim period. Like I really, especially watching um, The Mandalorian, right? Having, everyone's seen The Mandalorian, right? We all know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having like Luke come and collect Grogu, like something has happened between yeah. then and now. Right where he's he's lost little baby Yoda, it, was he like one of the kids that Kylo killed? Maybe who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I love his journey as well, and I think like this grumpy eccentricness is is sort of like an honest acquisition of him, especially like because this is sort of what Yoda did. Like Yoda was the ultimate yeah. troll, and yeah. Luke's just like picking up on that. But I think yeah. he he still has a little bit of that like naive like starry-eyed optimism i think and especially we see it when he goes to burn down the tree yeah and then it's just like "Mm -mm." and then yoda's just like screw it and lights it on fire and he goes to like run in and like oh no no that tree actually meant something i was just having a like moment here i just needed to get some aggression out i didn't actually want to light it on fire Yeah. yeah and and then he gets this point of like okay no we gotta gotta let the past burn right and and still has so much to learn from yoda and then yeah going confronting kylo and then just like letting go after that right like he's helped his friends he's bought them time poe realized it which is great instead of running out there and blowing things up um (laughs) and also like yeah this kylo confrontation i totally agree like i don't think kylo could have got to where he did without it. Partly, like, I think he just needed that, like, huge rage explosion. Like, he needed to get that aggression out because, like, right. Luke, Luke didn't serve him well, right? No. Like, he could have done a lot more for him and he didn't. And I don't think that necessarily makes, like, Luke bad and Kylo right. But, like, right, he still felt let, let down by Luke and I think he needed to, like, express that, I guess. I feel like right. there's still so much story 
missing from that part of the story that we just never mm-hmm. maybe it's in books or comics and I don't know but like mm-hmm. where were your parents like I mean I know <laughs> that Luke you know hurt you but if you would have gone back to your mom and dad I'm sure I don't know I don't know I just I need more of that story I know Snoke yeah. was involved and I know that there was a lot of background stuff happening but I just need a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, clearly something going on with, like, Han and Leia. And, like, did their marriage fall apart because pre- of that? Because of Kylo? Or was it, like, exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. Was right. she like, I'm no. going to be a single mom. You get out of here. I'm doing it myself. you like, yeah. <laughs> I'm a knows? general. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it is. And this is more on The Force Awakens, but it's on all of them. You know, my frustration about how little we know about the time between, you know, Return of the Jedi and this is... And, and I do, like... I mean, I don't want to watch a movie that is like, you know, young Ben and Luke, but I I like that we are going to get so much new content set in that time period. And I hope that it is going to start to fill in these gaps, you know, mm-hmm. and that Luke will will get to hear like Luke yeah. talking with Grogu and, and, and Ahsoka and all that kind of stuff. Like, I think there could be so much there to explore. Like I said, I, like I, need, I, I need Ahsoka to know what happened to Anakin. I know. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about um, Finn and Rose. Uh, we talked about them some somewhat like. What what's your take on kind of those two characters and their arc together? I mean, just the characters, I think, is a reasonable arc. I mean, obviously, we don't get any payoff in the next movie, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. But I think as a as a midpoint of a potential romantic arc, this was a a good one, and it ends like ambiguous enough that I guess you could just wipe it all away. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but I think bigger picture, like beyond the the plot of the movie itself, like real world stuff, obviously it's it's really disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John Boyega came out and was very critical of the way his character was handled, and I think we can all see that. And and also with um, Kelly Marie Tran, Rose's actress, like this this could have been like a real big thing between them. You know, and, and it yeah. just didn't go anywhere. I think that's that's disappointing as a fan. Yeah, I think like I I like both their characters. I didn't like this arc, and even the idea of like pairing them together, I still am not super comfortable with that. And partly because it's like the, the idea of seeing minorities as the only viable romantic option for other minorities is like. Mm-hmm. frustrating and you kind of set up a relationship in the first movie yeah. and you just have him kind of right. like brush that aside to spoiler alert do the same thing in the next one like for the yeah, writers finn had, such, finn had such insane chemistry with ray mm-hmm. and insane chemistry with poe and and so you could choose either of them or hey polyamory all three of them the triad <laughs> that's my own canon but like yeah and, and so it's sort of like i love so much about the ray thing the ray story also is i think where I feel a lot of the the poor execution of things in this movie really stand out. Like, again, like, the Canto Bite scene has so much potential. But, like, the idea that, like, you know, yes, you know, Las Vegas, like, the oil industry <laughs> is awful and terrible. Not every single rich person is part of any one industry, you know? And they all, like, the way that, that the arms industry thing is pushed and, like, just that everyone in Canto Bite... Granted, I'm a gambler. I like going to casinos. I want to hope someone at Canto Blight isn't terrible. <laughs> but but just like, you know, and, and also just little details of like, why didn't they just legally park when they got to Canto Blight? That would have made everything so much easier, right? you know? Like, they were in a hurry. Yeah. Or, or, or even just like that moment at the very end 
I think the implication is supposed to be that Finn wouldn't make it. That Finn was just going to die for nothing, and so that Rose stops him because, like, that great line, we protect what we love, we don't destroy what we hate. But the way I watch that scene, I feel like Finn was going to destroy it and thus save everyone. Yeah, and me too. Like, Why did you stop? And I feel like they wanted us to feel that, they just didn't execute it well. And so yeah. it's just, I... Every time I watch the Finn and Rose story, I think in part because also what happens later, I, I, it just is frustrating to me because they're both amazing actors. They're wonderful characters. And I just think they're not given the credit they should have gotten. Yeah. Just to, to touch on. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was going <laughs> to. No. no, you go. You go. Okay. Uh, to touch on the like Rose stopping Finn thing. Like, I think that is the point. I think he was going to make it and he was going to sacrifice himself and he was going to save everybody. But that's bad, right? Like, we we saw that in the beginning, like, yeah, they blew up. Oh. Sorry. She's a little sick, so she's been she's been extra cuddly. Um, my cat just walked across my lap for anyone who is listening to this afterwards. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So the, we saw at the beginning, right, with the bombers sacrificing themselves. Like, they did it. They got rid of those gunships. Mm-hmm. They completed their mission, but they all died. Um, and, like, that... And like what Leo was saying, right? Like dead heroes, no leaders. Yeah. Like that's not a good thing. And I mean, then we kind of get it like countermanded with with Laura Dern light blasting herself through all these uh, yeah. ships Star at the Stars, end. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it feels a little bit like mixed message. But yeah, what what Rose says of like we don't win by destroying what we hate. We're sacrificing ourselves to destroy what we hate. Like we win by protecting what we love which includes ourselves yeah yeah do you think that rose would rather have her sister back right or this dreadnought destroyed i i guess though for me it, it does feel like you said a very inconsistent message because luke literally dies to do like luke sacrifices himself um and, and i guess to me the mm-hmm. stakes of destroy one dreadnought versus like literally stop the rest of the, re- the resistance from being wiped out because they don't know. It, it, and and granted, I, I I maybe I have a very skewed perspective on this because like I think I think Captain America is wrong. You do trade lives. Like sometimes trading lives is the right thing to do. So I maybe have just a very cynical perspective on this. But I but that it, it's helpful to know that it, it that even if you see that he would have made it, that there is an argument for for what she says. Yeah, and I don't think Luke knew that he was going to sacrifice himself. Like, I don't think he knew if that was even going to work, like that type of exertion in the force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I guess I see Luke less as a sacrifice and more as like, I've done my part. I've It's time to go to let the others right. grow beyond me. Not like, right, like if, if he was actually physically there and then like let Kylo saber him in half, then I think it'd feel differently than him just like providing a distraction, providing an outlet for Kylo. Yeah. And then, like, letting letting go and, like, becoming one with the Force. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Dusted. That's totally fair. Yeah. You were going to um, say a bunch of stuff, Ashley, and we cut you off a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Well, no. it was. It's actually probably not a very... Do you think if they would have had Finn, like, with what they ended up doing with his character, if they would have had him sacrifice himself and that's how they got out, would that have been a better character arc than we ended up getting by the end of these three movies? <laughs> Gosh. knowing Knowing what we got... Probably, which is like sucky to say because like because that's what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I was like, I wonder like, if he would have just gone here. The black guy has to die to save all the white people. Definitely doesn't feel like a good move. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's at least he gets 
something, you know? And and he get I mean he gets an interesting character arc in the third movie, I he think. He does. It's just that there's no connection to what he happened. Like it feels like Finn is three different characters in these three different movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Hundred percent. I, I I just want him to be a Jedi. Like I think yeah, he's just be one. Yeah. You know. Um so I, I think kind of that, that hits most of the characters I wanted we wanted to talk about. Like I mentioned Poe, but I think we've we've gotten him to a lot. So I was now going to go over into kind of like just random things, like what are kind of which other like little moments that like stood out for you as either things you loved or didn't love or just interesting thoughts about the movie. I got a lot of questions about shooting that ship through those other ships like that because why doesn't everybody just do that? <laughs> do you, just, okay, so uh, there there are just some things you should not delve into the science of, and I think just like time tra- time travel is one of them. Gravity and just space. don't ask about how time travel works in these yeah. movies. <laughs> and I think like light speed slash hyperspace slash whatever is another one because like it it just doesn't make sense. Like, and if you try to make it make sense, there's a very famous Star Trek Voyager episode where they go past <laughs> warp ten and. They become lizards. Oh yeah! Oh god! Yeah. And so it just bad. makes it worse. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, I mean, in the in those High Republic novels, I keep talking about, they do make a lot of it about the science of hyperspace. And I think it's such a poor idea. Yeah. Because you're right. It's it's it doesn't make it, sense. If you think seriously about that, that what Admiral Holdo does, it doesn't make much sense. It is also, I think, perhaps the single most powerful moment in any Star Wars property I've ever seen. It's yeah. Gorgeous. It is just... Yeah. It's so gorgeous. It's so powerful. The silence of it mm-hmm. is just like 30 seconds of the most beautiful, brilliant movie making I've ever seen. And and you're kind of right. And that's why like, I'm kind of a little front. Like, every time I watch it now, you're I'm like, not just like, And then oh 10 God. minutes later, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the, in the same way that I'm like... She looks amazing, and I'm so glad of this vision of like someone who's like dressed in a like evening gown, lavender ass. for days. <laughs> and then I kind of wonder like how what what was the dinner ball that she was dressed for and got pulled away from in the middle of this like resistance thing? What was happening on that other ship while they were all doing this? <laughs> and when the you know? ship's going down, you put on your best. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I feel like in so many ways too, like she had to die to like prove to Poe that she was serious. I don't like that. I don't like that at all either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I the, 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 I think like we can't like looking too much into the science of this, right? Like there's no there's no gravity in space. <laughs> that's a thing that that yeah, apparently yeah. exists yeah, briefly so, yeah. and then stops bombers, bombers make Drop no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I remember I was working at a game store when this movie came out and we got this we got this wonderful spoiler because a week before the movie came out we got this box of like for the the star the X-Wing uh miniatures game we got the bomber's miniatures and we were all standing around going like this is awesome how does a bomber make any sense in space where there's no gravity <laughs> Well, and it's such as like they open the whole bottom of the ship to like the vacuum of space, and Rose's <laughs> sister is just like sitting there breathing just fine. Like, yeah, uh... I, I guess you could sort of maybe argue that they're like still close enough to the planet that maybe they're within the planet, like they're in orbit, and the planet's gravity is affecting them somehow. But it's then bombers seem a very limited ship in that regard. Yeah, I think this is another <laughs> thing where it's like just like just look at how pretty it is and don't think too much about how the science works. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
one cool little bit of trivia that I found. I, I did my watch of this last night with my friend Susan, and she told me this. Do you guys know why the Porgs are, are there? Because they're adorable? Because they so, wanted to sell a bunch of toys? All this is true. But all of those scenes were shot on this Irish, this island off the coast of Ireland that's a wildlife preserve. And then, among other things, is home to hundreds of puffins. Puffins, right? And oh. they wanted to, like, they were very, very strict instructions. They could not move the puffins so off of the island. But they just, like, slapped over like a sticker? Oh, yeah. dang. That's <laughs> amazing. So that makes, like, when I saw the porgs, I was like, I don't need this. Like, you know, Chewbacca tossing them around is kind of fun, but we don't need this. But then when I knew that, I was like, okay, that's 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 brilliant. adorable. <laughs> that's a wonderful little <laughs> that's story. That's so good. It. And like I I mean, I love the Ewoks. I like the porgs. I love the porgs, right? Like I'm all for the, the, the cutesy little like, yes, please tell me the stuffed animal of this. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that knowing that it's like they're just legit puffins. That's so cute. Right. Um other little things that I had and like we can discuss them and then and people throw out others. Um, where's Han? Because I hadn't even thought about it going into this movie that at some point Luke has to learn that Han is dead. Oh. And then just when he sees Chewbacca come off the Millennium Falcon and ask where's Han, it was oh, just yeah. such a powerful moment. Yeah, I... Oh, oh yeah, someone, someone in the chat's pointing out Lost Cats. Yeah, Lost Cats, also adorable. Um, yep. Yeah, I I agree. And it's like it's weird because like, you don't think that he Luke would have felt it in the Force. The way, like, that's what i was thinking i was shocked well, but he, like, he cut himself off from the force yeah. mm, oh, oh true, 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 true. Yeah. yeah good point yeah 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 force so just like... <laughs> yeah that moment was i thought was brilliant and then also um when r2d2 shows that kylo run has nothing on him in terms of manipulation mm-hmm. because that moment of like nothing will get me and then showing the tape of leia saying i need you you're my only hope it was just so brilliant and such a cheap move and so good yeah r2's like, my favorite we... character by a long shot yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what are the little moments that stood out for you as either good or bad that you wanted to mention so one thing i didn't notice until this rewatch um when luke shows up on crate and faces off against kylo ren one of the clues that he is not actually there is when they show their feet you know right. across the the salt and it changes from white to red uh, when Kylo shifts his feet and then it doesn't when Luke does. Um, so that was something I think I noticed maybe on the second watch. And then it took till this watch that I, I didn't, I, I noticed uh, Luke's hair is shorter in those scenes in the same style as in the flashbacks of the Jedi temple. Yeah. It's brown as well oh. instead of gray. Yeah. His, and his facial hair is completely trimmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has the more like a goatee and, and it, like the and it adds hair. and it adds a little more to the dialogue that he has with Leia about her changing her hair. Oh, he forced oh. younged himself. I yeah. didn't know that the force could do that. I have to read everything. I'm gonna force project myself. <laughs> My mom was like young and attractive. Yeah. Well, I think it's also like this is how Kylo last saw him, right? Yeah. So he's showing up yeah. and that's for him. Yeah, exactly. And the like you changed your hair is also a nod to like what Han said to Leia when they oh, when yeah. they meet. Um, but I think also like talking about like no, because I didn't realize that Luke was just a force projection when he first shows up. But like the way that Leia kind of looks up at him confused, and then like he leaves Han's little like trinket in there. It's like oh okay, that's just what what she was confused about. But it's like no no, he's a hologram, and so she's yeah, confused about him not yeah him not touching her. exactly. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, I, and I'll admit it, when I go back, this to me is another piece of brilliant movie making. When, like, I, I go back and watch it now, and I see this obvious shot of, of Kylo's feet in the sand and Luke's feet in the sand, and I'm like, how in the world did I miss this? This is so obvious. And when I watched it the first time, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Completely mm-hmm. missed it. And Same. to me, that is brilliant filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, why this movie is so, like, how do you do that? And then also have the... the 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 canto bite scene which, yeah. which again had so much good in it but yeah ups uh, and yeah. downs you had <laughs> another thing about the the crate what about it the battering ram oh yeah i mean you you know how i like my tech stuff and mm-hmm. when they bring out the battering ram cannon uh finn talks about it and he says that it's miniaturized death star tech and I, I just question that. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's correct because they're they're very dissimilar types of lasers. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, are you, are you telling me that this thing is powered by uh, Kuiper crystals? It, it just it it seemed like maybe either Finn didn't know what he was talking about and kind of made it up, or that's just what they tell people. But it's not really Death Star tech. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Death Star Tech, insofar as it like shoots a laser at something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like it's a big laser. Death Star Tech at this point. <laughs> yeah, that 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 moment seemed a little odd. Uh, Haley Hobbs pointed out another cool thing that in that standoff, Luke is projecting himself using Anakin's saber, oh. which is a kind of neat little, one more little thing of like, you know, Kylo, you keep thinking that you're the heir to Vader. You know, I'm his son. Oh. I rescued him. I got. Oh. Him. that's yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, that's right. Which is is something interesting. I never put this together either, but that there's such, you know, for Kylo to fixate on, you know, Grandpa Vader as the person he looks to is such a complete rejection of Luke as a mentor. Mm -hmm. Because Luke literally, like, killed Vader to bring back Anakin. And Kylo is basically trying to undo what Luke did because he wants, he thinks Vader is the one to remember. That's just another fun connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, you mentioned earlier why doesn't um like anakin come talk to kylo as a force ghost like i think it's because of that rejection of anakin right like kylo doesn't want to talk to anakin kylo wants to talk to darth vader exactly oh i like that yeah yeah no i think i and that's helpful because honestly kind of like hyperspace force ghosts are one of like for me one of the problems with power is if you establish that a power can be used now you have to ask why isn't it used all the time yeah you know like if time travel's real then nothing bad should ever happen ever because like, you yeah. can always go back and fix it. You know, if you can bring someone back, like, if you can bring someone back from the dead, why don't you do it all the time? And there is sort of an element of, like, why aren't Force ghosts always coming in to tell people things? But I like at least that of, like, Anakin's like, this kid ain't my grandson. <laughs> what the hell is this kid? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other little moment I I, I wanted to share. Um, I hadn't thought of this before, but watching the, um, basically, like, the Empire, Empire's version of BB-8. I think he should now be known as bb <laughs> Evil. Um, he is. Yeah, yeah. He well, stole a ship. It's, no, it's BB nine E, and the and E stands for, the evil. stands for evil. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's so true. I knew about that before. But yeah, I love I love evil BB eight. He's adorable, mm-hmm. yeah, and I love yeah. BB 8s trash can disguise and how upset evil BB eight gets with that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So Just good. Like I see you. <laughs> just that scene where they infiltrate and like steal the uniforms where the the iron comes down oh yeah and it yeah. looks like a starship 
Yeah, Detail. that moment was both like so random and so beautiful. <laughs> One other little thing I picked up, and I want to hear from you all on some of these. And again, it's such a random thing because it's a reference to a not very well-known movie from the 80s, I think, or maybe early 90s. But did any of you see the movie Enola Gay? Yes. Uh, Enola Gay was a, it was a perfectly nice movie about a bomber, you know, in World War II flying its last mission. And there's this one little moment where one of the gunners shoots down one of the Nazi fighters. And he's like, you know, celebration, great. And then the Nazi fighter, as it's like crashing, crashes right into one of the other bombers, you know, one of their friends. And like, Ooh. and there's a moment in that bomber scene where they shoot down a TIE fighter. And then the TIE fighter crashes into another one of the bombers, which mm. then sets off like this chain reaction that kills a couple of other bombers. And, and maybe I'm just drawing a connection, but it was so similar. I was like, you're referencing an obscure movie from the 80s that most people have never heard of. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so what about for you all? What, any other like last little moments you wanted to comment on or things you really liked or things you didn't like as much? Or I really liked the humor in this. And I know that, that was maybe another thing that people were upset about but like poe crank calling Ad- <laughs> so admiral good. hugs yeah hugs. i love that yeah <laughs> i love him hux yeah i don't think yeah. he gets enough credit like uh he just yeah. crushes that sniveling evil villain i love oh, him so yeah. much yeah. i love his voice yeah he's always right nobody's listening to him yeah. <laughs> and i love that like his entire reason for like betraying the the first order is just like these people don't like me enough. Like I'm sick of Kylo's stuff. <laughs> Listening to me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, in some ways, what we keep talking about how like the rebellion people need to like let go of the past and like let the new people take over. The Empire is kind of the dark mirror image of that, where the kids are running the show. Mm. You know, like yeah. who are the two most powerful people in the first order? Two spoiled kids who haven't grown out of their adolescent teenage I want phase, you know? Yeah. Like, and Snoke, <laughs> but yeah, and then he's dead. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. yeah Snoke's dead. And because to me, what makes Huck, that scene with Huck so good is his reaction. Like, <laughs> yeah. Any other person would have been like, okay, this guy's pranking me. Just shoot him out of the sky now. Well, even but at Huck's the end. Gets- you're right. Because he's just like, you would think he'd be like, yes, go out there and take on that guy who just survived all those blasts. But he's actually like, supreme leader you don't want to you know don't lose focus and then he just gets bitch slapped (laughs) yeah and it's like why do you why did you even try to care although it does allow him to give his one of the best lines in the movie where after every ad ad has shot every possible laser at luke (laughs) and he just says do you think we got him yeah. But you didn't. You did uh. not. Because <laughs> he's not there. Yeah. yeah. And just like, I also like that it's this sort of like gentle callback to um, like Han screwing around on the comms. Like, we're fine. How are you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> like, I think people forget how like funny the original trilogy was, right? Like, there's yeah. a lot of humorous moments in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, Yeah. Like that, the oh, Admiral Admiral Hugs that got me. That was great. Wipe that nervous expression off your face, said to a yeah. droid who literally cannot. Yeah, he's just like, this is my face. But he did, like, 3PO 100% looked very nervous when he was just, like, turning his face towards Leia, right? And I think his arm is bent at a, at a different angle. Well, he's like, oh. uh, 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 uh. You, you know. <laughs> When talking about The Mandalorian, we give Pablo Pascal a lot of very legitimate, I think, and very earned credit for being so good at body acting, you know, and conveying so much emotion. And I think we don't give the credit to Anthony Daniels, the person who plays C-3PO. We really should have. Because, yeah, you're right. Like, 
it's that same thing. We can't actually see his face, but he does convey that he's nervous or he's yeah. a- afraid or he's proud. Yeah, <laughs> or just I mean, like, we shouldn't mutiny I'm right now. <laughs> frantic. Supporting <laughs> the mutiny wouldn't be proper. So good. No. <laughs> it's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and even like Poe mentions to like BBA, where he's like, happy beeps, happy beeps. Yeah. Like, you gotta. <laughs> What about from you all? Any other kind of uh, moments? We had, any other moments? Um, Ash, there been stuff in the chat we can t- touch touch on. I think we've hit a lot of it. Were there any questions the chat asked that we haven't gotten to? Um, I have more of like comments than questions. Uh, Vermilion mm-hmm. earlier said that I saw it. Um, hang on, like I saw it in the first time. Hang on, I'm gonna try to restructure this. <laughs> saw it in the first time through that one of the biggest themes okay i saw that one of the biggest themes of this one is about trying something and failing as a part of life and that makes the whole canto bite part of the great of a sorry this is a little, sorry really one little little more syllables on the emphasis <laughs> and that makes the whole Canto bite part, a great part of it because they tried to get the code breaker but failed and tried to get a code breaker proxy, brought him back, and that failed too. Poe's plans all failed. Luke's plan for Kylo failed. And Yoda said failure is our best teacher. Sorry, I butchered the shit out of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a great point. I mean, like, we didn't even talk about DJ at all as a oh, character. Yeah. Um, and I think he's... I mean, he's great, right? He's exactly what he said he was. Um, he's like, I will, I will just do things for the highest bidder. And then they're like upset that he betrayed them. It's like, I, I straight up told you this is what I was going to do. Um, <laughs> and I, I also like his reveal that like these people you're so against because they're selling weapons to the quote unquote bad guys are also selling weapons to the quote unquote good guys. Right. right. And so it's like, who's, who's the real bad guy? Who's the real good guy? Yeah, he's the most cynical, but in that, like, he's pointing out hard truths, you know? Mm -hmm. And in some ways, he's obviously a darker, more sinister version, but, Mm -hmm. like, for those who know the Clone Wars, does he give you kind of serious Hondo energy? Like, it's that same kind of role of the person who, like, kind of, like, with both the Empire and the the the, the Separatist and the the Republic, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both kind of full of nonsense. Like he's like a less um, like ostentatious Hondo for sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. just wants his cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vermilion One also points out that the scene between Leia and Holdo talking about Poe is a good nod at their respect of Poe while still being upset that he's being totally insubordinate. And like, (laughs) yeah, completely agree, right? They both agree that Poe's got potential and they like him, but like he needed to be, he needs to be knocked down a peg and he needs to stop thinking that jumping in his X-Wing and blowing things up is the answer to everything and then just doing it without asking anybody. Yeah. And that scene, the depth of affection and friendship that those two were able to show in just, like, a very short interaction. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I've said it enough. You say it. I know. Aww. Like, know, Laura like, Dern and Carrie Fisher are both just, like, amazing women. I love them so much. Me too. They are. And that line of, like, I can't I can't do this without you. I can't suffer one more loss. Of course you can. You know, there's you just... You taught again, me down, like, how. Yeah. Oh, oh so good. So good. <laughs> And it did make me wonder, and I, and I don't want to project things here, but, like, I do think it's, like, I kind of wish, again, that we had more time to explore the Leia Poe relationship. Mm-hmm. Because I do think it's interesting that, like, she's lost her son. And now she has this very clear, like, you know, I don't want to say that, like, she's becoming a mother to him by any means. But, like, that they, she may see a little bit of that same, like, 
because that line where she says like oh he's such trouble don't you love him like Mm -hmm. you know or you i really like him yeah me too it it makes the scene with her and him at the beginning feel so different because it's now not you know i'm scolding you and you're terrible and i wish someone else were here but it's you know i'm scolding you because i expect better of you because i know you can be better because i want you to be better i mean that's the read i got on it on on the on the first like go through like she was she was very disappointed in him right <laughs> like in that Oof. that mom way where you're just like my soul yeah yeah <laughs> and i think like i i do i don't know i have no idea but i would imagine that like carrie fisher's passing probably had something to do with not really fully exploring the relationship between poe and leia in like the the, sec- the third true, movie yeah. Yeah, which is like definitely. super unfortunate for more ways than one, obviously. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. it's something I always try to remember. Like, there's a lot of things about the third movie I don't like, but also like, there's a lot of things I think it wanted to do but couldn't because Carrie Fisher passed. Yeah. Sure. Um, so I do want us to start wrapping up. We've gone on quite a while, but are there any other kind of last <laughs> comments or thoughts that for any of you all or from the chat? Um, the last one I have is Sunny Tetris says one thing that I heard complained about was when the movie came out that it felt like a slow speed police chase personally i love the chase aspect of the movie it reminded me of battlestar galactica the intensity of being chased by a stronger power really gave the movie stakes and made it feel almost like a thriller yeah Yeah, for sure Mm -hmm. i i totally agree and my my main familiarity with battlestar galactica is through the battlestar galactica board game really i used to i love that show it's such a good game i i watched the show because i played the game um, but <laughs> well, that's why I was super excited about Starbuck, or I, I guess you guys call her Bo Katan. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, it's a but good the, point. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I think I was just gonna say it's a, it's yeah, it's a good point, and that like that thriller, like the constant pressure of having the enemy looming. Like I don't know if any of you are familiar with It Follows, but I think oh, it's yes. that, yeah, that same sort of energy of like. You can see the enemy. They're just walking very slowly towards you constantly. Yes. And it's just like, ah. After we and, saw that movie, again, my husband, we came up with like a contingency plan and figured out how we'd be able to, to get away from it. It had Facebook and airplanes. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you have to get a group and everybody has to keep talking and you got to keep moving and you got to keep housing the person <laughs> and keeping them moving. So as long as you all supported the one person who had it to live, you could keep going. Delightful. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. <laughs> I also like speaking of um, base being based on other movies. How like you know the um, first one, not Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens. I remembered <laughs> um, was like very much an homage to um, New Hope, mm-hmm. and like we talked about how Last Jedi here is is more similar to Return of the Jedi, not Empire Strikes Back. Which I think is is yeah is great, especially because like a weird little tidbit about like empire strikes back is that like um oh no other way around like yeah luke george lucas got steven spielberg to like make the second indiana jones movie dark because he's like this is how you do trilogies and i think like not yeah. having that like dark middle arc in this trilogy is like a, a little refreshing right because it's it's, yeah. it's nice this is dark this is it's a movie where everyone fails. For me, yeah. this is much darker than Empire. Really? Yeah. I I don't know. I guess I just didn't see... I think, it's like, the idea of exploration of failure as, like, mm-hmm. failure is a natural part of life, failure is a teacher, yeah. kept it from being just, like, 
yeah, so so dark, and it's less like physically dark as well. Like, um, there's they come out of there very hopeful. Like, instead of it being like, oh god, I've lost a hand. What am I supposed to do? You know, everything's good. You know, heat. My friends on ice. That's definitely true. Sorry, Vicky. What'd you say? Well, I I think that there's there's a contrast here. At the end of Empire, Luke's lost his hand. He's found out this devastating thing about his family. (laughs) Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. So the main characters themselves are at their lowest point. Mm -hmm. But the Rebellion is still alive. Like, nothing about that movie had really any impact on the Rebellion. They lost their base on Hoth, but they were still out there. Whereas at the end of this movie, Last Jedi, all of the characters, the main characters, are fine. And they they are together now, all, like some of them meeting for the first time. Yeah. But the the resistance itself is in shambles. Like this yeah. is all There's that's left. Yeah, and yeah. they have to rebuild. And no one replied to the the distress call. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of a contrast of those two. Yeah, because they're like, like Leia, your hashtag doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I I have to say. That one moment hit me incredibly hard. And I don't know if this is at all what was intended or just what I was projecting on it. But, you know, that movie came out. And here I'm going to show, like, my own personal political beliefs. Um, but I have a sense that, that Ryan Johnson is kind of in a similar vein. You know, it was in the middle of the Trump administration. And, and it was where, like, we'd been going through almost two years of, like, oh, Mueller's going to save us. Or, oh, this person's going to save us. Or, oh, this report from the FBI will save us. And just didn't work. Didn't work. Didn't, or, or, like... When this story comes out, people will realize how bad Trump is. Or when this story comes out, people will realize how bad Trump is. And so that moment of them having that hope of if we get here and we put out the signal and we use Leia's code, everyone will come to our rescue. And it still didn't work. And they're Mm -hmm. just still alone. It's both A, such a good moment. And why the moment where they do the exact same thing, but this time the whole fleet shows up in Rise of Skywalker rang so hollow to me because to me it's like this is such a good moment of like you know the the that book you know waiting on superman uh Mm. it's a book about education policy that i don't agree with but 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 still the (laughs) idea of like that there's a real danger of telling yourself like someone will come and rescue us you know that no you can't do it we have this is enough to start the resistance these 20 people on this one ship is such a, a powerful moment yeah i didn't realize waiting for superman was a book i thought it was just a documentary Oh yeah, I think, I, I think it's a book first, but I, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Matthew, you just have to have the sultry voice of Lando Calrissian on the air. I was people will come. Say, hey, <laughs> yeah, that, you were forgetting a variable. <laughs> yeah, that 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 is, you know, Billy D. Williams would convince an awful lot of people to do an awful lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I also just want to go back one thing to when we're talking about the the, the chase scene. I think Ricky, you may, you may have wanted to um, uh, jump in there as well. Um, but for me, the chase scene is one more of those scenes where it is so good on the first watch, but then every time I watch it, it, <laughs> sure. it loses a bit because it's yeah. you're right. The the chase itself is so good and is so tense and is so brilliant. And then when you listen to like what they do plot wise to set up the chase. Ask it no make, questions. It about makes no the sense science. whatsoever. Wait, are we, yeah, we, we already about, discussed like, the, the horses or no the starship. No, I mean, the, okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Because it's space, so why would being bigger make you go so slower? Fast, yeah. No questions. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't think about the science. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think we've had a, a, yeah. a great. Oh no, Riki, was there something else you wanted to say about that chase aspect? No, that was it. I was going to say like it. It is. 
an emotionally gripping chase. Ask no questions yeah. about the science. <laughs> science. That's what I'm taking yeah. from this. I, I think that's, that, you know. <laughs> apparently it's, Ooh, I was going to say, apparently it's Billy D. Williams' birthday, having just oh. spoken about oh. Happy birthday. Good to know. Good to know. Life. Good time to be talking about I it. Yeah. I did, I had like one other quick huh moment, and that was when Poe and uh, Ray introduced themselves to each other at the very end of the movie. And it's like, yeah, they haven't met. Yeah, that's so surprising. But me. we spent like two movies with these characters. That even even now, again, even though like, I knew it was coming, I still was like, what? Yeah. You you guys haven't met each other? Um, yeah. So it's just like I like that they address it. That they don't just have them being like, ah, oh, yes, hello. Yeah. It reminds them like like we've been on separate sides of this this thing for a long time. Yeah. No, I think I think that's, yeah. that's, that's a great very moment. true. Wow. It always makes me think about Marvel, like how like what Black Widow never met Doctor Strange. Like there's so many characters that just like never got to meet. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're also familiar with all of them. It's we're like, just wait, like... this doesn't make sense. But oh yeah, like she didn't get to ever meet yeah. him. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, definitely true. Just expect you all to be like hanging out together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. having shawarma and yeah. stuff. You know what exactly. you guys do? <laughs> Ooh, shawarma. I, I need to close this with a completely non non related all rant, but I just need to let the shame of Disney Plus be put on blast forever. I I was Uh-oh. rewatching the Avengers, and you know how sometimes like Disney Plus will or some of these things will like. They'll let you see the credits, but they'll put it in like a small screen so they can advertise the next thing. They did that with Avengers mm-hmm. so that you can barely see the shawarma scene. Oh. Disney, you own this. But they let you skip directly to it. Do they? Like you can, there's a button that's you like, just yeah. Click on you just the have credits to click again. skip credits. Oh. No, there's like a button and it's weirdly worded. And I clicked on it because I was like, is this going to take me to the end credit scene or is this going to skip the whole thing? So how did it's you like, that out? I just, I was bold <laughs> and, I, and I skipped directly to it. But yeah, that's how you have to do it to see it okay. big. Otherwise, well, yes, it is I, like I picture in picture time, made that which is a tragedy. So, since we're now at the bashing Disney for what they Disney's do. UI needs some tweaking. <laughs> big time. Anyway, uh, so thank you all so much. You've been awesome to our fans. Uh, what do you all think of Last Jedi? What, you know, what did you love? What did you not love? What do you think of the different themes and stuff that we talked about here today? Would love to hear from you. Uh, let us know what you think about the Disney Plus app. All of it. Uh, the best way to contact <laughs> us is um, the Ethical Panda at Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at theethicalpanda at gmail.com. Uh, and all that information can be found at theethicalpanda.com. Um, you can also find uh, more podcasts by both myself as well as a number of the other people who are on here um, by going to strandedpanda.com. Stranded Panda is a podcast network that uh, this podcast and my other podcasts are a part of. And on there, you can also find great podcasts about the MCU, Star Trek, uh, the Orville, uh, you know, DC. Uh, they just did a whole great thing on the uh, monster movies, uh, which I am so glad that they got me into that because they got me to watch Kong Skull Island. And I'm so mad because they made me watch Kong vs. Godzilla, which is God awful, but I know I'm in the minority. Boo, I loved it. <laughs> but Boo. anyway, all sorts of great podcasts there. Check them out. Let us know what you think. I We'd love it. to hear your comments. Uh, and to Ricky, Ashley, and Sarah, thank you all so much for being a part of this. And everybody, have a good day. Bye. May the force be with you. Ricky, are you going to let the visitors watch? Kenobi. There we go.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.